We're talking to Dan Parla Greco from the DPP DTP 2020 NFL Draft Guide. Getting ready for the NFL draft this coming week, Dan. Uh, this is this is your time. You have this great guide out there. Um, I ordered it already. It's coming. I have, don't have it received yet, but it's on Barnes and Noble. I guess you can do it on Kindle also. So, uh, Dan, thanks a lot for coming on Iron Sports. No, great to be here. A super exciting week coming up here, guys. So, Dan, in terms of this draft, when you're looking at the players, I mean, everything is, we were joking even off the air just now about what could happen in the next few days. And because sort of everybody's been quarantined, the point is that there might not be that much movement. You're not going to have some interviews that come out or anything that comes out. It's, it's going to be different. So how, what do you think about the whole effect of COVID and the shutdowns with this draft and how it's going to affect how these players get drafted? You know, I was reading something this morning that was kind of interesting, and it made me think that there's not going to be as much um, compliance, you might say, amongst teams because teams are close. Scouting departments are close. I mean, a lot of these these teams, they work together. Um, they'll be scouting the same player. They'll cross paths during the whole pre-draft process, whether it's the combine, these pro days. And uh, they'll have similar grades on players, and that's kind of uh, – uh, something that happens throughout all of the teams and the different drafts, you know, draft spots, and teams tend to stack their boards similarly to one another. This year is going to be interesting because um, there's obviously not as much pre-draft activity. So what's going to end up happening is teams are going to be a lot more all over the place with players, which in some ways is going to be good because they're not going to be as influenced by other scouting departments, other GMs that they might see uh, during the pre-draft pro- process previous years. So I think there's going to be a lot more surprise picks in this draft. Some, some teams are really going to fall in love with a player or scouting departments are really going to fall in love with a player, not just in the months before COVID, but I think it's going to be uh, in the last few years because obviously we know these scouting departments have known a lot of these college kids from their high school days. So um, it's, it's going to make a really, really fascinating draft because I think there's going to be some first and definitely some, uh, some day two players that possibly we didn't expect to go as high as they went. And also, considering with injuries, they haven't really had a chance to do the workouts with the players, look at the medical, medical reports. Um, two is, of course, the, the, the prime example. But there are uh, dozens of other players that have injury issues that these teams weren't able to address. And I guess it's going to be an issue. I mean, are, they, are some of these players going to draft because they haven't been able to show that, look, their, their torn ACL is 100% better, those type of things? Yeah, that's that's absolutely uh, the case. I mean, we we don't know. I think they're they're probably trying to dig and talk to all their contacts as much as they they can when it comes to these medical issues and trying to get doctors' reports. Um, but I would imagine the players like Tua, ones like that that have uh, pre-existing medical conditions, their their agents are going to be very very active in making sure that proper information gets out to these teams as soon as possible because they certainly don't want to see their uh, their clients falling down the board. So we're down here in West Palm Beach. We're talking to Dan Parla Greca of DPP DTP 2020 NFL Draft Guide. And and Dan, how do you get the draft guide? You can order it on Kindle, but you just go online and Google it. And then I went to your site and just I actually just bought it from Barnes and Noble, had it overnighted. But is what's the best way to get the draft guide? Well, you know, it's kind of funny. This year is different because Amazon. Typically, I, I sell my guide mostly on Amazon. But what's happened this year is Amazon, you know, anybody that, that's tried to buy anything off Amazon the last several weeks, uh, everything is pretty much delayed other than necessary, what they deem as necessary products. So um, my draft guide's taken a little bit of a hit because 
uh, a lot of my a lot of my regulars have been emailing me, letting me know that they are not going to get the draft book in time if they order from Amazon. So I actually put it up on Barnes and Nobles. I have a I have a, a link pinned to the top of my Twitter page for the the link on Barnes and Noble how to buy my book, so you can get the hard copy in time for the draft. But I also have the Kindle version you can buy on Amazon. That that's obviously a digital download, so you'll get that immediately. So if you go on Amazon. You type in, you know, 2020 draft guide. My mine should be the first one or the second one up on the, on the uh, on the search page, or just type in DTP draft guide. However, however you want to do it, but you'll find it there. That's that's the best way to do it. If you want the hard copy, most likely I would say order it off Barnes and Noble. If you want just a digital copy, you can get it right from Amazon. So, Kes, we're we're down here in West Palm, and everyone here at least is extremely interested in the Dolphins, and I think around the country because they control the draft with three first round picks, two second round picks, and a third round pick. And the big question is what they're going to do with at number five, and, and what what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What they're they're thinking right now at number five? I would think they're going to want to get their quarterback first. That's going to put them in a situation where they're obviously they can do a lot more with the rest of their picks. But I think they're going to want the confidence of knowing they got their guy, a quarterback. Um, obviously, you know, it doesn't seem like Josh, Josh Rosen is going to stick around. So uh, it just depends on with th- these quarterbacks, which one they like more. You know, do they love Tua or do they love Justin Herbert? You know, um, I, they, it's, it's possible if teams behind them, like a, like a team like the Chargers or one of these other top 15 teams might start sniffing at trading up which could cause the Dolphins to use their draft assets to possibly move up to a spot a little bit earlier so they can get the guy they want. Um, I know some of these teams like, you know, the Redskins, Lions, uh, Giants, they, they have kind of hinted in the previous weeks that they would be willing to, to possibly trade down. So if that's the case, the Dolphins might want to, they might be forced to move up if they really, really have a quarterback that they want. So in terms of the, so do you, where, where, where do you predict? Is it going to be two or Herbert for them at five? <laughs> um, I'll say, I'll say they'll, they'll go Justin Herbert. I think, um, I think Tua, you know, obviously he's looked awesome in his pre-draft workouts. Some of the videos we've all seen. Um, I like Tua personally better, but I think Herbert um, has less downside from the angle of I mean two has been injured a lot he's got probably the higher ceiling no definitely the higher ceiling but he's he's been I mean, you look at his you know throughout college he's he struggled with injury issues so we're not t- dealing with a one-time thing during this pre-draft process that he's struggling with with his health this is something that's kind of plagued him throughout his Alabama career so um, a guy like Herbert who's on the field all the time big strong kid um, I think I could see the Dolphins going that direction if, if I was a betting man that's probably where I'd go and then what do they do with 18 and 26? Do you think they're going to stay? I mean, I see some drafts have them uh, um, drafting uh, a wide receiver at 18. Others have them drafting uh, a Kivlo- Kinlaw, the defensive tackle from South Carolina. I mean, they have, they have a lot of options to do. But do you see that? Where do you see them, what, the Dolphins, with those next two first-round picks trying to address what needs? I think the smart thing would do, if, assuming they get their quarterback with their first pick, I think the smart thing would be to make sure that he has the best chance to succeed their quarterback. So obviously we've seen with quarterbacks in the past, they've had, you know, probably weren't put in the best positions to succeed from the get go. So I think you, you go with positions that can be, uh, can instantly help a young quarterback. So you think about an offensive tackle. This is a class that has, I mean, depending on what you read, there could be six, seven offensive tackles going in the first round of this draft. So they're going to probably have their pick of several different ones there at 18. 
Um, you know, do, do does one of these guys like an Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills, you know, does one of these guys fall? It, it's possible. I mean, that could be a heck of a pick if they're able to get one of those guys at 18. Um, they, they could also, with their later first-round pick toward the end of the draft, they could go with um, – a skill position, you know, they could they could potentially go two offensive linemen if if they really really want to make sure the offensive line is set, or they can go with a you know a smart play with um, a guy like DeAndre Swift, you know, a running back from Georgia, who that can really give give a young quarterback his his blindside offensive tackle and his running back there that he's going to have for you know five six seven years there. So I would imagine they'll probably try to draft around the quarterback with those other two picks. Um, you know, uh, speaking of this, Dan, I'm a Giants fan. So about yeah. six months ago, I absolutely fell in love with Isaiah Simmons. It's impossible not to watching the guy play. Yeah. Do you have a, a player in the NFL right now, or a, you know, a former prospect that you would compare to Simmons the way he plays? Wow, that's a tough. That's a tough call. He's um, he's a rare breed. I mean, yeah. there's very few guys that have his length, his wingspan, his size, his athleticism. I mean. I mean, the guy could play safety and be an unbelievable safety. I mean, uh, it's very, very rare. I don't think there's anybody in the NFL right now that compares to him that I can think off the top of my head. I think um, a jack-of-all-trades guy, you know, you could put him, rush the passer if you want him to. You can play him as a, you can play him as a, uh, you know, a slot corner if you want him to. You can line him up against tight end. You can line him up against tight ends, and he can match him in size and length and obviously running ability. Um, there's just so many different things you can do with him. Um, he'd be a heck of a pick for the Giants because obviously the Giants, you know, I watch the NFC very, the NFC East very closely, and uh, the Giants are a team, a team that's always kind of went with the, you know, the big tough linebackers that haven't yeah. always been the most athletic guys. You know, those hard nosed guys that are good special teams players, but not really guys that make your defense considerably better. Uh, a guy like Simmons, man, talk about making the defense exciting again. I think that would be a heck of a pick for the Giants. And then, you know, the, the other side of the coin is offensive tackle. It seems to be every pick has has the Giants taking one or the other. They're going to have their pick of the litter at, at four if they do decide to go offensive tackle. Who do you think is going to be the best tackle out of this class? Like you said, there could be six or seven first-rounders. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i a lot higher I'm probably on Andrew Thomas than most are. He's my favorite. I mean, he's, you know, he's blocking the SEC on the left side of the line. I mean, you watch, you watch him against the best pass rushers in the country, and he rarely lets anything by him. Um, he's, he's a heck of a player. I just, I, he's, to me, he's the guy that has the, the least downside, the lowest, um, the highest floor, you might say. Um, some of these other guys, you know, I'm not as high on Beckton as a lot of guys are. Um, I'm not as high on Josh Jones as, as a lot of other guys are. I absolutely love Andrew Thomas because he's got it all. He's got the size. He's got the running up, you know, run blocking, pass protection abilities, very, very few mistakes. And he's, and he's done it in the best conference in college football as far as blocking from a pass rusher perspective. And then what about the wide receiver position? The, probably one of the best wide receiver drafts ever. But it seems like there's like six or seven guys. It, it could go. It almost could go any way where they're going. Which ones do you think? Which ones do you think are going to go higher? Which ones do you think should go higher? Um, I like Jerry Judy the best. And depending on what you read, some have him first, some have him second, some have him third. I think Judy's a guy that um, the way he plays the position, he's going to have success because he can create for himself in a variety of different ways. I mean, he's going to create separation. And for quarterbacks, 
a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL aren't quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers that can throw a receiver open and, you know, with the tiniest crease of separation can, can throw a fastball in there and, you know, on a timing route. Most quarterbacks don't play that way. So Jerry Judy is a guy that's going to create all levels of a route. He's got so many different release points. He's got so many different ways to, uh, to get open, and he's unpredictable. I mean, you talk to anybody at Alabama, I've talked to some contacts down there, and they're like, he's, un- he's uncoverable. I mean, he just, you cannot cover him um, no matter who it is because he's got so many ways to create for himself. And I, I like him the best. I just think he's going to, you know, he's got, ad- he's got obviously good speed, but just his route running ability, how smooth he is, he catches everything. I mean, it's just, it's just hard to compete with him. And then we're down here in South Florida, and, and we're interested in terms of this is not really – I mean, Florida State – Florida had an okay year this year, I mean, winning the Orange Bowl, but Florida State and Miami, disappointing years. Maybe next year they'll have stronger uh, people in terms of coming out for the draft. But uh, Perrine for Florida as a running back and Akers from Florida State are two that I see in maybe the top two or three rounds. What do, what do you think about Akers and Perrine from Florida State and Florida? Um, I, I love Akers. I think Akers is a really, really good player. Um, you know, he's, he's, I, I haven't fixed as far as my fifth running back. Um, he's had some, the, the biggest thing with Akers is he's had some ball security issues. He's had some fumbling issues, but I mean, you talk about a guy that, um, uh, has had unbelievable success that he's, you know, he's had maybe a, you know, some, some ankle concerns. I know he's dealt with some, some ankle issues in, during his career, but other than that and the ball security issues, I mean, the guy can do everything. He can he can pass protect. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, real physical physical running runner. Um, he understands how to just play the position, and um, you know it's just a nightmare to deal with. I mean, you get him out in space, you get him to the second level. Linebackers, defensive backs aren't going to want to take him on head on, and he's just a really really good player. Perrine is a good player. I don't know if I see him going quite as high as that. I think he's you know a guy that's kind of been a a jack-of-all-trades, you might say, for, for the Gators for the last four years, but has never really been a dominant player any of those four years. I think this year he, he showed something that he hasn't in previous years. Uh, I believe he lost a little bit of weight before the season, looked a little bit more explosive, um, but not a guy that's going to be uh, a three-down player at this point in time, you know, a little inconsistent when it comes to blocking. Um, but he's a good player. I think he'll be, I think he'll be a nice a nice change of pace pack for a team. Um, I'd imagine he'll go somewhere probably toward more toward the middle rounds where I think acres, I would be surprised if acres didn't go on day two of the draft. What about DJ Dallas from the hurricanes? What, where, could he be drafted? Is he going to be drafted in the last two rounds? What do you think with him? I like DJ Dallas. I think, I think so. I think he'll be a really nice, uh, nice developmental player for a team. Um, you know, physical, you know, he plays, plays low center of gravity guy. Um, he, he, you know, he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on his body. He hasn't played too much, you know, so he's, um, he's a guy that could be a really nice, nice pickup for a team later on in the draft that can play a valuable, valuable role. Um, you know, loves contact, just a, just a physical guy. Uh, he can pass protect. I think he's going to have to be a guy that's going to win a spot on special teams for a team early on in training camp or whoever he gets picked up. But I think he's got a chance to catch on because he can do a lot of things well. And, um, and he's got, like I said, he's got a lot, a lot, very, very minimal wear and tear on his frame. And somewhat lost in with all these first-round wide receivers is Van Jefferson out of Florida. I see him moving in some boards. Uh, I mean, he's certainly not a first-round pick, but but where do you see Jefferson f- uh, falling in this draft? Yeah, I think he'll 
like you said kind of earlier, this wide receiver draft is stacked. And, um, you know, just talking to different people, I mean, everybody's all over the place with these receivers. And Van Jefferson's a good football player. The, the problem with Van Jefferson is he's a guy that um, is good at a lot of things but not great at any one thing. Um, I think he didn't have a pre-draft injury, I believe, right, during this draft process. So I, that, that could potentially hurt him. But obviously, when it comes to the mental side of the game, you know, having having his father be, you know, wide receivers coach, he understands the understands the game so well. Uh, you can tell that in the way he plays. He's a smart kid. He um, body control, concentration, the, the way he can get open, create for himself. Um, he does all the technical signs of the game extremely well. He's very, very, uh, like I said, he's smart. Football intelligence is off the charts. He blocks. He does all the things you want a football player to do. He does them excellent. But does he have the upside? Does he have the athletic ability? Does he have the, phys- the pure strength, the physicality to really be a, a top-level wide receiver? Probably not. But he can be a really nice number two or number three receiver for a team. And one one last uh, player from uh, Florida, the C.J. Henderson. He's a cornerback, and you know people are calling comparing him to Deion Sanders. Doesn't want to tackle, but can cover anybody. Uh, what's your What's your yeah. thoughts? And I see him going everywhere. First round, second round. It seems like after Akuda, he's the maybe the second best cornerback. Uh, but he seems does he seems to be all over the place. Yeah, yeah, I know. I you know it's funny because you talk to a lot of Gators fans, and the Gators fans were a lot of Gators fans are harsh, harsh on him. Very, very <laughs> yes. negative about about the player. You know, I've had some conversations with with Gators fans on on Twitter, and they're just they they think he's overrated, which is which is kind of surprising. You can't always go off with fans. Fans tend to be either too harsh or, um, or you know they think their player's the best player. So, but I, I've always loved C.J. Henderson. You know, when I watched him from the very get get go, I had him I had him as my number two my two corner back in you know, October, November, I had him and a lot of people thought I was crazy then, but now you're even hearing people say that he's the best corner in the draft. So um, I think he's going to definitely go in the first round. Um, I've heard some talk of top 10 too. I would be shocked if he went that high, but I think if I took a guess, I would say somewhere between 10th and 20th. I mean, I think he is a, a really, really good player that's played every, you know, played since his freshman season, a lot of experience already. You know, he dealt with a little bit of an ankle issue this year, missed some game time. But as far as just pure coverage ability, the, the, the agility, the mirror ability, you know, stays on the hip pocket of receivers, allows very, very little separation when it comes to coverage. Um, he could, could arguably be the best pure cover corner in this draft. So he's going to go high. He's a really, really good football player. But obviously, like you said, he does have the, the slight hiccup as far as not being the most willing tackler. So some teams might knock him for that, definitely. We're talking to Dan Parlagreco of the DTP 2020 NFL Draft Guide, a great draft guide. You can order it uh, on Barnes & Noble, get it overnighted to you, and or you could just download it on Kindle and get, have it for your draft because Thursday, Friday, and Saturday is going to be three exciting days. So, Dan, just a couple more questions. What would you, if when the draft comes, someone's going to be drafted early and it's going to be a shock, it's going to be, I can't believe, give me the player that you think is going to be drafted that no one is thinking that's going to be drafted that high. Well, that's a good question. Um, my, my guess is it's going to be one of these quarterbacks because I think, I think all three, three of the top guys are going to go, are going to go top 10. So I, I could see a guy like a, 
a Jacob Eason or a guy like Jordan Love going pretty high in the first round. Would that be a total shock? Maybe not because we've heard a little bit of talk, but I can see one of those two going really high, potentially top 20 in the draft. Um, I don't think their talent warrants them getting drafted that high, but as we've seen in years past, um, when it comes to quarterbacks, all bets are off. So I think one of those two guys will, will get drafted a lot earlier than we think. And then on the second, on the second, sort of the uh, the reverse of this is what would what player? Well, they're not going to be in the green room. They're not going to be sitting there. But what person? What player is going to be in that green room that's not going to be drafted in that first round that everyone's thinking is going to be a first round pick? Well, who's going to fall? Who's going to be the the tonsil that might drop or or one of those players? And it's hard because you don't know what the outside issues that go into. But what players? What player do you think is not going to be is going to be waiting and waiting and people are going to say, "Boy, he's still available. He's still available." Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, something I haven't given a ton of thought to, but what I what I would say is I could see one of these receivers dropping just because of the fact that there's teams are going to potentially think to themselves, we can get a starter, you know, in the second, third, fourth round of this draft. Why are we going to take a receiver so high? So maybe a guy like CeeDee Lamb. I've heard that a little bit, even though he's incredibly talented. I mean, we saw – you know, what he did as far as production wise, you know, with multiple quarterbacks at Oklahoma, but I could see, I could see him potentially dropping teams thinking that they can get just as good a player in the second or third round. So it wouldn't completely shock me if he drops to the end of the first round, even to the early second. Well, Dan, thanks a lot for coming on. I run sports. I really appreciate it. It's the DPP DTP 2020 NFL draft guide. And uh, I'm sure we're gonna have an exciting week this week. And also tell them your Twitter so we can follow you on Twitter. You'll be commenting sort of live on the draft during the, on your Twitter page. Yeah, no, absolutely. My, my Twitter is just my initial. So sorry guys. It's complicated because it's D and then T as in my middle name, Timothy. And then my last name is Parla Greco. So DTP draft scout. That's my Twitter handle. So just connect with me on Twitter ask me any questions, talk with me, and I uh, would love to talk to you either before or even during the draft. Thanks a lot, Dan, for coming on Iron Sports.